Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Tanya Young from Mind Medicine Australia. Welcome aboard, Tanya. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Yeah, it's, you know, your organization is fantastic in its focus on preventing suicide and suffering among people. And, you know, people who are suffering with mental illness uh, can be supported through organizations with yours, like yours, which are working with psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy within Australia. Tell us a bit about what you're doing, please. Sure. So probably the most important thing that we've done in the, in the, in the past few years, so we're celebrating our fifth anniversary next month. And last year, we achieved the historic world first rescheduling of psilocybin in MDMA in Australia, which is... Uh, Tremendous. Tremendous and so important because it gives people hope that they could gain access to these transformational treatments, especially in the cases where no other treatments are working for them. So both psilocybin and MDMA have been rescheduled from Schedule 9, which is prohibited substance, to Schedule 8, which is controlled medicine. And as of July 1st, psychiatrists in Australia can apply to be an authorised prescriber through an ethics committee and then the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, provides approval to psychiatrists they deem um, suitable to provide treatments to patients in clinical environments. And this week is very important because two patients um, have been treated this week by psychiatrists in Australia. And these are the first treatments in a clinical environment in over 50 years. And that is truly historic. That is historic. <laughs> yeah. And so we're, we're really, you know, obviously excited to hear about how those treatments have, have gone. Right. Obviously, that's the start of the, that person's psychotherapeutic, um, psycho, psychedelic-assisted therapy session. So they'll be having... If it's in, in the case of psilocybin, at least one more psilocybin treatment alongside, you know, integration sessions, of course. Right. And then the MDMA treatments, there'll be three of those, you know, surrounded by integration sessions as well. So this is very exciting. And then as well as that, uh, we're starting our new intakes of our certificate in psychedelic-assisted therapies. Right. With our world-class faculty made up of some of the, the leading scientists and researchers and clinicians in the world, mm -hmm. including people like uh, Professor David Nutt and Rick Doblin and Bill Richards and Dr. Bessel van der Kolk and, and many other incredible teachers on that faculty. Phenomenally knowledgeable. And so we're, you know, we're training psychiatrists, psychologists, GPs and other physicians, nurses, specialists, uh, social workers, occupational therapists, counsellors and psychotherapists and so on. And then many of these students have described the course as the best professional development they've ever done. And we're also finding a lot of students, participants, professionals applying from overseas. So we're having people fly in from the UK and the US for the intensives because the way the course works, it's a 14-week course, okay, mostly online with these incredible practitioners. Right. And then right. there's there's a six-day intensive and Dr. Ben Setzer from who's done a lot of work at Imperial College and Dr. Lauren McDonald, also who's done a lot of work at Imperial College, come to Australia and they run the intensive sessions. And these retreats are just 
Oh, they're, they're wonderful. I've actually uh, presented at a couple of them and the students are, are bubbling over with excitement and joy and curiosity that right. they can now start to treat their patients with treatments that could actually make them well. So we're very excited about that as well because as you and your listeners would know, we've spoken before, but current treatments are not working for the majority of patients. So, Well, there's a lot of people who get blocked, right? And we need totally. to find way, ways to break through those barriers. Totally. You know, and we're, we're only seeing remission rates of 5 to 10% for patients with post-traumatic stress disorder from existing treatments and only around 30% for patients with depression. So in the case of these medicines, uh, as we've seen from the recent trials, approximately 60 to 80% of patients are going into remission after just two to three medicinal treatments with a short course of psychotherapy. So we can potentially have a lot more people well and leading meaningful and happy and healthy lives in the community and with their families. Yeah, because it allows it allows patients and therapists to get to the injury and treat it as such, right? That it becomes the moment in time in which the damage was done and that's an injury which can be healed. Too often yeah. we get blocked from that barrier. Um, yeah. And that's fantastic. I mean, we're the more we can do to help people through those stages, the better. Now, you, you did mention something interesting about, um, you know, the with the training. I mean, one of the challenges in, in the psychotherapy industry is the ongoing educational process because, you know, therapists have to be willing and desire to move ahead. Many of them do. Um, what are the big barriers you run into, though? Um, well... We have an enormous demand for the training, I've got to say. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest barrier has really been about whether people can actually practice once they once they get the certificate. Right. And, of course, that's been accelerated by over the last few months because we're now starting to see patients being treated. And whilst the psychiatrist is the prescribing physician for the patient and they're the only ones allowed to prescribe in Australia at the moment, they have to be supported by a multidisciplinary team so that the patient is getting treatment through psychologists and, and doctors and uh, psychotherapists and counsellors and, and nurses and so on. So the multidisciplinary team that looks after the patient essentially once the prescribing has occurred, they all need training to be able to practice as well. So the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration uh, regulators, have recognised our training as being valid and, and high quality uh, for the purposes of, of making sure that people, trained clinicians and therapists, can work with patients in altered states because obviously that is right. a different way of working with patients than, than traditional psychotherapy or just giving someone a, a pill. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned you've got people coming into lecture from all, all around the world. What about the psychotherapists? Yeah, I know we, we do have a number of psychotherapists who, who do teach in the course um, and and a number of psychiatrists and so on. So psychotherapists... I meant from the attendees' perspective. How Are they coming from around the world or are you... Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, you know, we're getting a mix of medical doctors, um, psychotherapists, counsellors, you know, nurses and so on. But the ones coming from overseas, 
quite a few of them are doctors and psychiatrists, actually. Um, you know, and of course we get people from New Zealand all the time, but, but you right. know, getting people as far afield as, as Europe and UK and the USA, um, I think that's really a reflection of the quality of the, the course. The curriculum is, an, is really an extraordinary cu- curriculum, not just the teachers, but the actual program itself is, has been very well thought through. And we keep improving the program. So based on the feedback of participants and the teachers and everyone who's involved, we're continually innovating. Yeah, and the innovation is key to driving. You know, it's an ongoing process, but it's the innovation is always going to be key towards advancing not just the usage of the molecules which are being permitted now, but towards advancing more and more different channels because it's there's no one size fits all and there's always going to be new ones or expansion of opportunities for people to access those memories. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. So we do have to take a short break, Tanya, but we're going to be back in a moment with Tanya DeYoung from Mind Medicine Australia on the Green Peak. I'm Richard Zwicky. And we're back on the Green Peak with Tanya DeYoung from Mind Medicine Australia. And Tanya, before the break, we're talking a bit about that you've got therapists and uh, you noticed that more um, psychiatrists and doctors are coming in from internationally as opposed to therapists, but the program itself is designed, you know, to take all of the knowledge and provide a therapist, a psychiatrist and a doctor, really the information necessary to administer medically approved therapies using uh, psychedelics. You worked with the legislature um, you know, the parliament and the governing bodies and the, the regulators in Australia. Um, what were the big barriers you had to overcome to making that integration possible? Well, you know, firstly, regulators are by nature um, very conservative and risk averse. So mm-hmm. we really had to make sure that the legislators were comfortable with, with you know, these treatments and understood the safety and efficacy. So we presented an enormous amount of trial data, you know, the science and the evidence that has been collected over the last 15 years during this renaissance in in this field. Right. Combine that then again with the tens of thousands of people treated, you know, pre-prohibition, and there's an enormous amount of evidence. But also we had to counter all sorts of other obstacles like, you know, diversion risk. So, you know, claims that, you know, maybe doctors would somehow allow these medicines to get out of their clinics and lock safes and get into people's hands so that people could take them home, which of course is not something that will happen in this sort of clinical environment whatsoever. Unlike, for example, medicinal cannabis, which people do, of course, take at home and take home. Um, We also had to really manage the the taboo and stigma that has really been attached to these medicines for for such an incredibly long time, yep. and a lot of misinformation around and myths and and things that you know they they send you crazy that they make people psychotic, mm-hmm. um, and that sort of taking away from the the skill of the prescribing psychiatrist who obviously would screen any patient for any type of medicine you'd hope, and right. make sure that that patient was suitable. Um, candidate for that type of treatment and that the patient provides in, informed consent. But really what I think was was the turning point was the fact that 
we're having such a massive mental health epidemic in this country and throughout the entire Western world. And there really are no treatments currently available for patients who are treatment resistant to, to the current existing treatments. And it is a fact that during the time we've set up Mind Medicine Australia, which is only five years, a number of patients and, and uh, tragically have come to us or their families have, you know, asking how they can get access to these treatments. Right. And they haven't been able to get those treatments on time to to save that family member and that, that family member has taken their own lives. and Which is horrible. It is absolutely horrible. And so... We did take um, a, a lady into the TGA whose husband had taken his own life after trying every type of therapy. He'd been institutionalised and he'd only had depression for three years, but they'd given him 96 ECT treatments, every type of antidepressant, antipsychotic, multiple different experts had tried to help him and really they felt that psychedelic-assisted therapies was his last hope and she says that had he have had access to psychedelic assisted therapy she might still have her husband and the father of their their daughter and she came and presented to the TGA and there really wasn't a dry eye in the room I mean it's of course it's devastating when you hear stories like that and my husband who obviously did this incredible rescheduling applications um points out the fact that, you know, yes, there might be some risk to using any kind of treatment. I mean, you could be at risk from, you know, taking a sleeping pill at night. You could be at risk for any kind of medicine. But there's also a risk to doing nothing or to just keeping the status quo. And we have to be very mindful of that. So there's always risks and you have to make calculated expert judgments on what's going to be best. But if a patient really has no hope left, these treatments are known to be safe and effective. There's never been any serious adverse events. Well, the treatment, that's, <laughs> a treatment that's received in the presence of a therapist, a doctor, and is administered accordingly is so much safer than take this home and try it. Oh, absolutely. You right, know, you're no under comparison. such expert supervision, you know, in the right set and setting with the right dosage, you know, we have sourced very pure GMP-grade medicinal uh, MDMA and psilocybin through an arrangement we have with a Canadian manufacturer, which is provided a very reasonable cost so that we keep the costs of the treatments as low as possible. And we started a patient support fund as well to try to raise funds to support those who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford the upfront costs of these treatments in total themselves. So we're also encouraging anyone out there who's listening, please support us whatever way that you can, because we really are trying to create a better mental health care system for all those who are suffering so immensely in the community. No, it's, I mean, it's the goal we're all trying to find is a a better solution for patients everywhere. And, you know, one of the things that you touched on earlier with, you know, with the cannabis industry, one of the big points of resistance globally is the medical colleges who don't yeah. sorry, they don't teach about the endocannabinoid system or even once yeah. it's available they don't teach the doctors or send out the prescription information so that, and pathology information so the doctors know what to write and how to write it for what conditions 
but it appears from what you're saying that you're having much more success with the psychedelics. Um, I mean, the colleges, you know, certainly the professional associations, colleges, some have been incredibly supportive throughout actually, mm-hmm. and some have been quite resistant and it's mainly from a place of just lack of education, to be honest. Like, I think it's just not doing enough homework to really understand the field, to really look at the research that has taken place and to understand the safety and efficacy of, of the medicines and the therapies in these clinical environments. And and I think there's also vested interests at play as well so that people want to just keep things as they are because it serves them to do so. Right. And it's really important that we keep just focusing on the patients and we keep saying to everyone, to the regulators, to the colleges, to the clinicians themselves, obviously, and all the researchers, you have to put the patient at the center. Right. These are people who are suffering terribly and they need to, that's what it's all about. Without them, there wouldn't be any doctors, there wouldn't be any medicines, you know, and, and yeah. sadly, more and more people are becoming unwell. Yes. And, you know, and it's unfortunately fear is the greatest demotivator, but, um, and it's the easiest one which people manipulate is the fear of yeah. the unknown. And that's yeah. a, uh, it's a tragedy when the patients are the ones who suffer. Um, but it's nice to see you've got a lot of universities who are also participating and helping build out that knowledge database. Yeah, we really do. I mean, we're working with Australian National University on a healthy person's trial. So that's for group therapy for therapists who've trained in psychedelic assisted therapies. And we're also working with Australian National University on a on a registry, which will collect real world evidence about these clinical treatments that are taking place throughout Australia. And that's really important. So we're starting, and of course, many other universities uh, around Australia and around the world, of course, have leading research and development programs in this rapidly emerging field. Right. Uh, and, you know, that combines with the 300 trials you've run in the past decade and the data. Not that we've run, but no, that have been. No, that yes. there have been. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but- you know, the, and the designation that's being, you know, coming more and more about its uh, breakthrough therapy that the FDA acknowledged, you know, all these are coming together to have a phenomenal effect on the opportunity for patients going forward. And it's, uh, it's amazing work. We do have to take one more short break, but we're going to be back in a moment with Tanya de Young from Mind Medicine Australia on the Green Peak. I'm Richard Zwicky. And we're back on the Green Peak with Mind Medicine Australia with Tanya Young. And joining us actually for the last bit, we have Peter Hunt, who is the co-founder. And Peter, um, you and Tanya have been at this for a few years and having getting tremendous support from the community, um, from the medical community, as well as philanthropists, people who want to learn more and participate. You've got webinars that are starting up again, but that's only one way that people can get involved. What are you looking at over the next few months? Well, in terms of getting involved, one is for webinars. The second, the second way of getting involved is really to go up the learning curve. There's a lot of information on our website, both about the rescheduling, but also about how these medicines work in a clinical environment. And the more people that understand the medicines and how they work and the remission rates, 
the more they'll be speaking to their doctors and local local politicians and so forth, basically saying we need to accelerate this process and more people get access to these therapies and we need to subsidise those people who can't afford the therapies in terms of equity. And we are starting to get some interest, quite a bit of interest from health insurance too, Richard. Which is fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. uh, when, you, when we start getting insurance companies to start uh, allowing patients to use the therapies and as part of the program, it makes a, a massive difference in adoption throughout the uh, every aspect of the curve. So, you know, with the two of you here, um, the one thing we didn't really chat about is why did you start down this path? Why well, it's funny because we're celebrating our fifth anniversary and of the charity in, in a few weeks' yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and it was really because this was so profound for us, like in terms of our own healing we originally had our first medicine session in 2016, um, so seven years ago, you know, nearly seven and a half years ago, I guess. And then a year later, we went back to the Netherlands and had a second one. And it was, a, you know, it was a high dose of, of psilocybin with preceded by Syrian rue, and it was such an extraordinary, profound feeling of oneness, connection to self, others, the planet. You know, it's extraordinary and well beyond what anything I could have even wildly dreamed about. And right. subsequently, you know, we both just said, well, wow, this has this impact on us. We've set up six charities who mainly look after people who are disadvantaged and mostly mental illness is at the root of, of their suffering and that's what's creating their homelessness or their unemployment or whatever it happens to be. And right. if we can alleviate their mental illness, then that gives them a chance to lead a normal, contributing and happy and healthy life. So that was really how it came about. And we just started to become very interested in the field. We read all the, all the articles and books and, and watched the videos. We met the researchers and scientists. We started attending events and conferences. And then really, I think it was in a conversation with Rick Doblin that, that he and I were having that we said, well, maybe we should start a charity in Australia, little really knowing what that was going to mean or how hard that was going to be. <laughs> I don't think we appreciated just how difficult this this health system was and and tricky it was to work in that. I don't know if Peter wants to add to that, but No, it's just one thing Tanya said. I mean Tanya talked about coming out of that experience, feeling really connected. And if you think about connection, that's or disconnection, that's at the heart of depression. Yes. And the beauty of psilocybin as a as a treatment is that you know patients do come out of the experience feeling incredibly connected, and if a skilled therapist can uh, help them bring that sense of connection back into their daily lives, then they've no longer got depression. It's a really clever, effective therapy, and it just speeds up the whole process. Um, it does. It's incredibly powerful, right? Because it helps people powerful. heal those injuries in very specific ways, and helps. Uh, for a lot of people, the challenge is to acknowledge and understand what happened. And this breaks down the barrier to that scary moment. Exactly right. And, you know, we shouldn't forget that the mental health system is a system that actually doesn't, uh, doesn't do much innovation. The treatment outcomes today are no better than they were 50 years ago. Uh, it really has stagnated. Uh, well, there's very little innovations. So this is a big paradigm shift. Yeah, I mean, most modern therapies tie back to the you know the ACE 
a study back in the mid-90s, but there hasn't been innovation since then. Once the discoveries were made in the paths, everything's been built and understood about those events, but still they were talked about as illnesses and as opposed to injuries, which is uh, a critical change in perspective as well. Yep. So that's so exciting. It is, and it's phenomenal the work you've been doing. Um, you know, we'd love to spread the word and love to see the the same attitude and rigor come to North America and be seen in Europe and everywhere else in the world because these problems are not isolated to one area. They are everywhere. Very true. So it's correct. And one of the things that's really heartening us right now is that we're seeing, you know, many of the organizations that we've worked with and some of the leaders in the field who are really putting it right up to their governments now saying, look at Australia, you know, we need yep. to do this in the US or Canada or Europe or, or the UK, wherever it happens to be. And it really, it's just a catalyst for helping make these treatments uh, become more available and accessible and affordable to more people more quickly. Well, and the more it's documented, the more it gets accepted by the medical community and that drives a big phase of the adoption everywhere. So that's phenomenal the work you're doing. Thank you for doing that. So, thank you. So we are out of time. But we're, I'd like to thank, uh, you know, Tanya and Peter for joining us on the Green Peak today. And um, I hope to have you on again at some point in a few months as well. Thank you. No, we'd love to. And please, everyone, check out Mind Medicine Australia. Yes, Doctor, please. And support us in any way you can and uh, reach out and we, we'd love to connect with you. And when will the webinars start again for people who want to join those? They're starting in February and Dr. Wade Davis, the incredible anthropologist whose knowledge of these medicines is, is extraordinary, uh, will be the first presenter in February. And then we have an amazing lineup of people and they're free webinars, but we encourage people to make a donation to help us to be able to continue this incredibly important mission. It is important. It's a wonderful thing for anybody to come and listen to and learn. Thank so, you. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again with everybody shortly. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak.